If you just said this, right? I have to go out and down. Another hundred of your candidate. I'd, I, I, <laughs> you said saying, that. What I'm saying is, I'd have to take out. Okay, I'll take out Conor Whelan then. Conor Whelan. I, that's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Meaningful metrics on Off the Ball. In partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more. Will Callahan is with us for this evening's Meaningful Metrics. Good evening, Will. Evening, Nathan. How are you going Very well. So Meaningful Metrics on OTB Sports in partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more. We are looking at the hurling provincial finals and the Meaningful Metrics behind them. And Munster is something of a historic occasion for a relatively small province where, you know, Clare and Limerick have been successful and have had periods of success. It's a hell of a long time since they've actually met in a Munster final. Yeah, it is, Nathan. I think Clare fans will probably be hoping it's a good omen because 1995 was the last meeting between these two neighbours in the final as we get ready for Semple Stadium this coming Sunday. And when Clare beat Limerick that year in 1995, they went on a run all the way to an All-Ireland success, which bridged a long gap at the time as well. 81 years they had been waiting to lift the Lee McCarthy at the time. It's been 24 years, the same time it took Derry to win an Ulster football title last weekend since Clare uh, were last crowned Munster champions. That was against Waterford back in 1998. So again, maybe Clare supporters would be hoping that it's written in the stars for this weekend. But Limerick, when it comes to metrics, Nathan, they're looking to go where no Limerick team has gone since the mid-1930s, and that's to win four Munster titles on the spin. It's been incredibly difficult to defend this province in recent years, but uh, Limerick, with their All-Ireland titles in recent years too, are on the run potentially to win four. They would match that Limerick team of the mid-30s, and they would become the first team in Munster since the Cork sides of the late 70s and the mid-1980s, who both did five in a row if Limerick could lift the Mick Mackey, the new cup which is going to be on offer this weekend and they'll be hoping as well for Limerick uh, that they'll be lifting a cup which is named after one of their legends Hard to believe that Clare are chasing just a seventh Munster title a first since 1998 uh, what's that, 24 years ago at this stage they're well used to these long barren spells though Yeah, they love gaps. So previously they had 68 years 25 years, 18 years and now if they were to lose this weekend it would run into a 25th year again so uh, that's maybe why it's so special when Clare win Munster titles because generally they leave a little bit of a gap along the way in those six that they've won so far Nathan for Limerick it's a chance to win a 23rd title and again you look back to their great team of the 70s they had such a long wait to lift the Lee McCarthy they really are living through a golden period at the moment with the league success Munster successes in recent seasons and their All-Ireland titles as well so this is a chance for the golden Limerick generation to potentially go four in a row or it will be a case of this Clare team breaking the streak and you know, it's a very hard game to call because the teams were very well matched when they met in Ennis a few weeks ago in the round robin section I'm sure some will feel that Keen Lynch missing is a big help for Clare potentially, Clare have got you know, the good feeling coming off the back of topping the round robin, which not many, I think, outside of Clare would have thought would happen. I think most of us thought that Limerick, despite their struggles in the league, were still going to be the top team in Munster. I think midway through the championship, most people thought that Limerick were going to top it as well. But Clare have been ruthlessly efficient and they've proven so far that they're more than just Tony Kelly. They've added a really good supporting cast around them with players coming back in this season, like Peter Duggan, like Shane O'Donnell, who was so badly missed last year. And a Clare side who 
you know, didn't have the best of time over the last three or four seasons. Were knocked out in the round robin in 2019, uh, got to an All-Ireland quarterfinal in the qualifiers in the years since. Now look like they're maybe ready for an assault, not just on the Mick Mackey this weekend, but potentially the banner could have a real go at the All-Ireland title come the middle of July as well. Saturday night, Leinster hurling final, Galway against Kilkenny. We're all guilty of comparing Kilkenny to the great side of uh, the mid part of the start of the century. Is that when it was? Yes, it was. Uh, but they're going for three in a row in Leinster. Yeah, it's insane success, isn't it? We were talking about the Kilkenny metrics a few weeks ago when you were away and with Arthur and angry producer Mick uh, reeling off the success that Kilkenny had had against all the teams in uh, Leinster before Galway came into the championship in 2008. Under Brian Cody, since he took over in the winter of 98 and into the season in 99, he has won 17 Leinster senior hurling titles, including an absolute stranglehold in the noughties when they won nine during that decade, where they almost won five All-Ireland titles in a row. They won four and got denied by Tipperary on the fifth. But this would be a 74th overall, which just kind of shows the dominance that Kilkenny have. There is no other uh, provincial championship around that has such dominance as the Kilkenny hurlers have. As you said, they're going for three in a row. Probably shouldn't have won the final two years ago if it wasn't for a little bit of Richie Hogan magic coming off the bench, uh, juggling the ball and putting the ball into the net into a remarkable comeback in an empty Croke Park. Follow that up against the Dublin side who were heavily hit by COVID-19 last year but still this Kilkenny team seemed to find a way to win albeit they're going in as underdogs against Galway this weekend because Kilkenny didn't look good uh, last time out against Wexford they played very well against Dublin but the question mark is is that performance going to be good enough to beat a Galway team who edged them by just a point when the sides met in Salt Hill and of course you've got all the magic of the fact that Henry Shefflin who played in two Leinster finals against Galway was on a bench in the other uh, where Kilkenny won I think three of the four finals that he played as a player against Galway so there's all that kind of interesting side story there's handshakes there's Cody versus Shefflin but on the pitch itself I think Galway have probably been a little bit more impressive in the provincial so far than Kilkenny but never write Kilkenny off as someone said to us on the hurling pod comments this week Kilkenny aren't beaten until they're on the bus on the way home is there a metric behind the handshake is there a science what are we happy with with the handshake there's there's a metric Nathan how many times the handshake is going to be mentioned how many seconds how many seconds does the handshake have to last for it to be an acceptable handshake (sighs) it'll it'll be all anything more than two seconds is just awkward yeah, exactly, as we saw on Salt Hill. Mm. And especially if you can slow that footage down even more and two seconds become about five and you can freeze frame on Cody's face as he eventually, uh, very reluctantly, seemed to walk away from that handshake. So it was very clear. Look, the, the metric for me this weekend, how many times we're going to see video of it or a mention of the handshake before throwing? Because there'll be about maybe half an hour, 35 minutes of coverage after the Joe McDonough Cup final until throwing in the Leinster final. Let's see how many times the handshake can be squeezed in between then and throwing. That's the one to keep an eye on before the game. I mean, look, we obviously all overanalyzed what happened with the handshake and we no all had our own theories. Deserve the what, analysis. Yeah, was it important, was it not important? The truth of it is that there's no way Brian Cody will want Henry Shefflin managing a Galway team against this Kilkenny to win a Leinster title. The O'Keefe still matters an awful lot uh, to that Kilkenny team and particularly to Brian Cody. And that's the really interesting thing going into this weekend is what is Cody going to do before and after the game of Shefflin? Because he knows that every camera is going to be trained on him. Now, what happens between the lines in the 70 minutes will determine who lifts the cup. But I think we're all intrigued by the side sides to see what's going to happen between Shefflin and Cody. I, I think Cody might well try and uh, get a handshake in before the match nah, starts to try and put it nah, to death. That, that's, well. what Nikki, that's what Nicky Brennan was suggesting this week. No chance. 
Do you think there's still going to be an angry Brian Cody coming oh, off the pitch? I think the time? best scenario for the narrative here is that Galway beat Kilkenny again and let's see how Cody reacts to that. Or if Kilkenny win, does he give Henry a sort of patronising pat on the back? <laughs> Either <laughs> way, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be really tasty. Yeah, little, yeah, well done, son. You tried your best, We're, but not this time. Indeed. We're saying on the Hurling Show this week as well that there's almost a quiz question that comes out of the last time that Galway won the Leinster Championship because it was a replay back in 2018, you might recall, mm. and Taylor Swift was on the week after the original game. So it ended up that there was a Leinster final played in Munster in Semple Stadium and was won by a Connacht team in Galway in 2018. My two co-hosts on the Hurling Pod were both playing in the game. Uh, Skettle was in goal for Galway and Paul Murphy was playing right cornerback for Kilkenny. And winning Leinster has been a pretty good sign for Galway since they've joined the Leinster Championship back at the end of the noughties. Every year that they've won Leinster, 2012, 2017, 2018, they competed in that year's All-Ireland final. So I wonder, we're talking about it being maybe written in the stars with everything aligning with the years for Clare. If Galway were to win the Leinster Championship this coming Saturday night, will that mean that a Galway team who were so unimpressive last summer could be going to an All-Ireland final next month? I assumed you were going to go down a Taylor Swift rabbit hole of puns and talk about the bad blood between Shefflin <laughs> and Cody. And just oh. ask if they're going to shake it off and get on with life. But you, you didn't want to go there, Will. I'm, I'm really upset. I left it to you. I crossed the Cody looks in home. Henry's eyes and says, I knew you were trouble. <laughs> I, I can yeah, be here all night off. with the Taylor Swift. Shake it off is actually perfect. Will anyone if see red in this game? That, I'm not sure. didn't listen to our call. Okay. Listen to the hurling pod. Uh, let's very quickly run through a couple of other stats then and the metrics around this game. Uh, Eddie Brennan was on earlier in the show talking about the amount of turnovers Galway had against Kilkenny in that match. And he couldn't quite believe it was up in 15-16. But that's a pattern for Kilkenny throughout the championship. It is. Uh, would you believe, even taking, say, Leash, Westmead, Tipperary into account, Kilkenny have had the ball turned over on their own possession more than any team in the round-robin section in either Leinster or Munster. And sometimes, Nathan... And I wonder if Eddie feels the same about this because obviously they were under pressure when they were in Galway. Sometimes when this Kilkenny team come under pressure, they tend to revert back to type because I think over the last couple of years, they have been trying to mix their game up and trying to work the ball through the lines and play a lot more short passing. But in two games in particular, the game against Galway and Salt Hill and the game against Wexford, which they lost at Nolan Park in the last round, they reverted back to type by putting in a lot of long ball. Now, sometimes when Kilkenny go direct, it can work out quite well if it's against the right defence or if the ball is on at that time. So against Dublin, they were able to launch ball in from deep and they won quite a few possessions. It did not work whatsoever against Wexford, though. 16 times they launched the ball from inside their own 45. They only took possession up the far end on five occasions, which is a terrible retention rate. Now, Galway like to defend reasonably deep and they've got a very physical back six. So if Kilkenny start doing that at Crow Park, I think Galway would be more than happy to just step back a couple of yards and to back their players to win the high ball that comes in. Kilkenny would be much better served to try and add a little bit of variety to their attack. And there's no doubt that Brian Cody has been trying to evolve. Like the Tipperary game, particularly at Temple Stadium this year, Kilkenny played shorter than I think any of us were expecting them to do. Now, they went on to lose that game, but there was a feeling that they were starting to just kind of move along with some of the possession teams. My worry for Kilkenny would be that when they take on particularly a really good possession side like Clare or Limerick or even Galway this weekend who are very good at protecting the ball within their own half. Kilkenny may very well struggle if they're giving the ball away softly. Like Galway and Limerick are the two teams who have given away the least amount of turnovers inside their own 45. They are very good, particularly off their own puck out, in defending the ball. And Kilkenny will have to try and put pressure on Galway at that end. 
but also not give them easy ball back that they can just walk up the other end of the field. The other teams who are in the final on the other side of Munster are actually excellent at protecting the ball. I was taking a look at some of the puck out stats uh, which were up on the GA analysis page and Claire just looking at Waterford game alone, where they ran riot admittedly, but where Clare put a lot of writing into their puck out, Nathan. They took 27 uh, puck outs in all. They won 85% of them and they scored 1-9 from those puck outs. So if you're taking 27 puck outs and 18 of them ultimately result in you having a shot at goal, that shows that you're excellent at progressing the ball. It's not just about winning your own possession because sometimes we kind of get obsessed with the idea of where does the pass go from the goalkeeper to the next ball? Did they win that? But ultimately, what's probably more important is where the possessions end up going up the other end. And in Clare's case, the ball came out from their goalkeeper 27 times during the match. 18 of them resulted in shots and 1-9 was put in the scoreboard. And similarly, Limerick are so good at keeping the ball. Um, was looking back at just even their first game against Cork in Porky Cueve. They decided, Nathan, not to have any shots with their sidelines that day. And nearly every team now is a sideline taker who will have a goal from midfield or inside midfield to try and go for a point. Limerick got four sideline balls in the opposition half against Cork in the first game of Porky Cueve. They took every single one of them short and three scores came off the four. They kept the four possessions. It almost kind of reminds me of when Guardiola's Barcelona used to get a corner kick and they would always play to their strengths. Instead of putting the ball into the box, they'd just take it short and use it as another possession. That's almost what Limerick do. And in some ways, kind of Kilkenny feel a few years behind if they're just putting the ball into their forward line and hoping to win the ball. So that's one to really to watch out for on Saturday night is will they have that little bit of variety to their attack if they're going to beat Galway? Will Callahan, great stuff as always. Never any chance of blank space when Will is on with us on oh. Meaningful Metrics. I could be here all night with this. Uh, one third of the Hurling Pod and it is the perfect build-up to the weekend with Paul Murphy and James Skell. You can get it in all the usual places, Will. You can indeed, yeah. It's uh, subscribe to the Hurling Pod feed or the OTB GA feed. You'll find it there. It's on all your podcast platforms. Seven o'clock on Mondays. Looking forward to the review already. If uh, Scale and Murphy haven't fallen out, Scale has already said he's going to boycott the pod if Galway lose this weekend. Such was his bullishness about Galway Oof. winning on Saturday. Uh, so I'm hoping it's not just myself and Murphy having a conversation if Galway win, because I think they will. The other one just to watch out for, Nathan, before I go, TJ Reid. I had a quick look earlier about the top scorers in Leinster finals because I feel in TJ had done a few recently. Since 2014, TJ Reid and Joe Canning are the only top scorers in Leinster finals. TJ Reid's done it six times since 2014. So no Joe Canning, obviously, because he's been retired. So watch out for TJ Reid potentially being the top scorer in the Leinster final. He only needs 31 points. He probably won't do it this Saturday. Only needs 31 points. Just the 31 if he's going to overtake Eddie Kerr as the top scorer in Leinster history. And also, we're going to have a new top scorer in the championship because the two top scorers currently are out. Donald Burke, 59. Killian Doyle, 58. Which means watch out for Aaron Galan, who's got 322 in three matches for Limerick and also Tony Kelly who's averaging 12 points a game for Clare watch out for who's going to be the top scorer in the championship this year as well Willow Callahan, thank you very much thank you Nathan that is Meaningful Metrics on OTB Sports in partnership with Whoop the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential see whoop.com for more Meaningful Metrics on Off The Ball in partnership with Whoop the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential See whoop.com for more.